Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, this is the largest relief bill of its kind in U.S. history for a nation that desperately needs help. Every day matters, so we want to get this done quickly. But Democrats and Republicans cannot agree on the right mix to get it done. Can we overcome the remaining disagreements in the next 24 hours? Senators are expressing optimism that a third economic stimulus package is nearing agreement. The bill is passed. Not a single senator voted against this $2 trillion rescue bill. The CARES Act, passed by the Senate, is now in the House. It will pass with a strong bipartisan support. I will sign it immediately. After 48 hours of intense negotiations, it looks like a $2 trillion economic stimulus package is headed to President Trump's desk. So what's in it? And what does it or doesn't it mean for your family? From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm here once again with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda. Hi, Brian. So we're bringing you new episodes of Open Record every day, Monday through Friday, to make it easier to sort through the bombardment of coronavirus news. We're recording this episode on Friday morning, March 27th, and today the House is expected to approve the largest spending package in our country's history. By the time you listen to this, it may have even already become law. But there's a lot of fine print here, so to help us sort through all of what you'll be getting and when, we're going to go over now to Fox 6 political reporter Jason Calvi, who joins us on the phone. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. So the big question on everyone's minds right now, what is in this bill? And I know that's a loaded question. So this is a $2.2 trillion stimulus bill. It's the largest recovery bill ever pa- or ever going through in American history. And there's a lot of things in there, but I think the most, uh, most questions we get are on the direct payments. These are direct cash payments to every American. So if you make less than 20, uh, if you make less than $75,000 a year, then your payment would be $1,200. If you're a married couple filing joint, then you would be eligible for a a payment of $2,400 if you make less than, as a married couple, less than $150,000. So that's the direct cash payments. It also includes $500 payments per child as well. I know there's also some expansion to who qualifies for unemployment. There's some stuff in there about student loans. What are the highlights we need to know about that? So the unemployment benefits, this will add on to what the state gives you. This will add on $600 per week. Uh, And this also expands the timeline for unemployment insurance. So that will help people that are right now unemployed. As you've seen, these numbers have been skyrocketing every single day. The state of Wisconsin puts out the new numbers of people filing for unemployment. And those numbers have just skyrocketed in the last two weeks, as you have been reporting, Amanda and Brian. Uh, So that's one of the things that will boost unemployment. It will allow more people to receive money and it will give you more money. So whatever the state gives you, this will add $600 more uh, per week for up to four weeks. 
or four months. One of the things I noticed here, Jason, that really stands out in comparison to previous packages or or previous experiences of unemployment, this applies to gig workers. So people whose jobs or whose incomes depend on occasional gigs, not a steady income or not a not not an ongoing uh, uh, you know job, they're going to be covered under this too. Is that right? That's right. This will be the first time in in history that I know of that gig worker. Well, this is this is a new this is a new field. So of course you know there, there wasn't gig gig workers as far as Uber drivers and those sorts of people. Yeah, they will be covered under this to help them because people aren't driving, uh, people aren't taking Uber rides right now. Those people are likewise looking for help right now. So they would be covered with these unemployment benefits for the first time in history. I want to go back a little bit because getting to this point, specifically with this third bill, because it's the third stimulus bill um, once it's passed that will have been in effect because of coronavirus. And this wasn't an instant everyone joining hands and singing kumbaya. There was a little bit of a struggle to get here. So what was the holdup? What were the philosophical differences with the people who were saying, hold on, I don't know that we want to go forward with this. Yeah, there was a lot of debate, and, and you're right. This was very tense negotiations between the Treasury Secretary, Senate Democrats, Senate Republicans, everybody coming together to try to argue this. The Democrats in the House had their own version of, uh, of this third stimulus bill. Uh, one of the big you know, things that Democrats were pushing for was corporate responsibility. They didn't want to hand out billions of dollars to corporations without also having uh, – Guarantees that there would the money would not be spent on corporate, uh, you know, handouts, uh, golden parachutes for executives, for example. They wanted this money to actually go to help. American hardworking Americans who are out of work. They wanted this to go to those sorts of people. They wanted to stabilize these economies, uh, these uh, these industries, but at the same time making sure that there would be protections in place that the money was not, you know, going to, to, like I said, golden parachutes. So the Democrats did push for for having an oversight board for the corporations as well as an inspector general to make sure that things are being handled according to what they dictated in this in this bill in this uh soon to be signed into law uh so that was one of the things that was pushed i mean there's there's also complaints on the republican side about some of the things that were in earlier versions uh i know one of the, that this bill does include uh millions of dollars for the kennedy center in washington dc and uh that's something that president trump was asked about this week and he said uh, yeah we had we we gave that to them we gave that to the democrats so there is sort of this wheeling and dealing and negotiating that was taking place and uh, there's still you know some republicans uh have raised issues with with this with this uh going forward and uh so even in the house there's there's been questions about uh some of the republicans maybe putting the brakes on this passing very quickly by uh by a quick voice vote so that's something that we're recording now at nine in the morning that could change by the time you listen to this but at least right now there's questions about whether or not there's going to be enough uh, if there's going to be a republican who's going to block passage by voice vote today that's kind of what the house leadership wants they want to pass this by voice vote. what does that mean that means they'll They'll call the, the the bill up for a vote. They'll say, "Okay, do we pass this?" The yays, the the yays shout yay. The nays, the noes shout no. And then they say, "Okay, the yays have it. 
they're louder, they win, and so the, 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 the bill passes. However, somebody in the chamber can then say, oh, I request the yeas and nays. And then, of course, they have to have they would have to have a roll call vote. He could also the person could also raise objections about uh, uh, raising a point of order, a parliamentary inquiry regarding the fact that uh, there's not a quorum present. In order to have a quorum, you would need half of the majority to be there, half of 430, 216 would need to be present. And of course, so many lawmakers are not going back to Washington, D.C. because of this coronavirus pandemic, because of the fact that you're not, you know, people aren't supposed to be going out in public. So this would bring a new dynamic to the whole debate and possibly um, delay a vote uh, this morning when they when they gavel in. So this could come down to a technicality. Yes. Yeah. There, there's a lot of technicalities here. It, 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 there, you, there's the possibility of passing really quickly this morning with this, hey, do the yeas have it? Yeas have it. Okay. That's fine. It's passed as long as nobody then raises an objection. But uh, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky is possibly going to raise an objection. We're still waiting to find out as we record this at nine in the morning if he'll raise that point of order. So uh, two things to make clear here. Number one is that as of the time of this podcast recording, this isn't actually a done deal, though it's largely been sort of reported as though it is because the Senate brokered this deal, but it's not done yet. But the other thing that really stands out to me is just getting the Senate to agree. Yes, both sides had some concerns. Yes, there are multiple versions, but it seems to me remarkable, and it says something about the crisis we're in, that you can take two sides that have been so divisive in recent years and get together on a $2 trillion spending package this quickly actually does say something I think remarkable about how important they all think it is to do something to prop up the economy during this time. Yeah, you are exactly right, Brian. I mean, this is this is incredible that this is two point two trillion dollars, and the fact that this Congress, which has been, as you as you know, so so partisan and most other issues, has come together to say we're going to pass this. The Senate passed it ninety six to zero. There was it was a unanimous passage. The the four people that did not vote, the four other senators, were out of the Senate because of isolation or quarantine, I should say, uh, or one of them was sick. So so these were the reasons why uh, there wasn't a hundred percent vote, hundred votes, but it was ninety six to zero, unanimous for those who were present. And this is what happens sometimes when you when you see this national crisis. They say we're going to come together and pass this, even though there's things on both sides that they maybe didn't like about this or that point uh, in the bill, but they said we need to pass this because the Americans are struggling right now. People are out of work. The economy is, t- is tanking and there, there needs to be help because people are going to miss their mortgages. They're going to miss their rent payments. They, they can't buy groceries if they're out of work, things like that. So this is sort of an emergency situation and it just shows how crazy and how extraordinary this time is right now with this pandemic. Jason, assuming this bill passes, gets signed into law, when can people expect to actually see relief? I know there was discussion about uh, if your bank account information is already on file with the IRS, you could see the check in or you could see the deposit in a couple weeks. But for people who typically get a tax refund, if they get it via check, it sounds like that process could be a lot longer. That that's right, Amanda. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin has said that uh, people can expect once this is signed into law by the president, and President Trump has 
promised to sign this bill. Once it's signed into law, then it, he, Steve, uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, says people could expect their checks in about three weeks. And you're right, they're going to be using your 2019 taxes or your 2018 taxes to, to see if, if you have that bank information on, on file. And they'll also be using that to check that sa- those salary requirements, which I mentioned, uh, or maximum salaries that I mentioned earlier, 75000 for a single person. Uh, and, uh, you know, so they'll be looking at that as well to see if you qualify and, and to see about your number of dependents and things like that. Uh, but yeah, there will be, if, if you're getting a paper check, it will be a, a little bit longer. There will be mailings as well from uh, from the Treasury Department regarding uh, how much money you're going to be receiving or how much money they de- deposited into your check just to make sure that everything went through properly. You, you'll be getting a mailing as well on that uh, to your house. You know, so the the payments are going to take at minimum a few weeks to reach families and individuals, and and it may be even more than a few weeks. We're dealing with the pain right now. Is can you talk about what sort of benefit this actually gives to the economy if, in fact, the money doesn't arrive for weeks or even more than a month to get into people's hands? Does it still have that that positive bump for the economy they're looking for when people are missing those payments and suffering right now? Right. I, I talked to one, one of the economists at the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee UWM, and, and he was saying that the, the, the goal of this these payments are, is not necessarily to stimulate the economy. It's just to help people pay for their necessities right now, which is food, rent, mortgage. Um, and, and so there are things right now that uh, people have to pay for if they're out of work. And so this is that's what this is for. He says to really stimulate the economy, it's going to take a cure. It's going to take getting that research done. And so there is, you know, there's the, the first stimulus package. This is the third stimulus pa- package passed by Congress. The, the first one dealt with money to research, a lot of money to research, a lot of money to possible vaccines and to cures and things like that, which we've heard about in these daily press conferences from the White House when the president comes out and says, we're working on this, we're working on that possible avenue for uh, for, for treatment. So I think that's people are afraid right now. They're afraid of A, getting sick. There, there's rightful fear out there. And so the economists uh, are saying that uh, – in order to get rid of that fear so that people are able to go out and spend money, they're going to need to have a cure and, and to feel safe going out into society once again. Going off that, Jason, Chuck Schumer said that this is bill number three we're talking about today. He said bill number four may not be far off. Is there any idea of what that would entail? Yeah, there's just so there's so much of these uh, questions about about you've seen just three rapid fire passages in in recent weeks with this coronavirus pandemic just exploding um and so there's just a sense that there's so many so so many needs out there and so many open questions and so you know congress is going to you know going to have to be working on things continually as 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 we're in uncharted waters as we continue to say is what are the things out there that people uh, are going to need help with next and at least also in the state uh, legislature looking at some solutions as well. Um, It it seems like, you know, with unemployment benefits and things like that, this will go through the go through the summer. Um, But uh, these additional $600 for people on unemployment, um, there's questions about, you know, if this coronavirus continues on. President Trump the other day said he hoped that things would be maybe back to normal, getting back to normal by, by Easter. 
Um, of course, that's uh, he got a lot of pushback for that. He was saying this was just his hope, but uh, as we see, as we see this question of what happens, how how far this projects into the future, as far as this lockdown and not the lockdown, but this this uh, situation of staying at home and these orders to stay at home that we're seeing in places like Wisconsin, will that actually bring those numbers down to to uh, to you know fighting this pandemic? Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens this uh, as this this bill goes into effect as it becomes law and how that impacts people. And then there'll be not more discussions later. But I know the Senate's going to be going home. Senate is home now that they passed this 20, 96 to zero. Um, and there's questions about you know the House passing this. But do people really want to go back to Washington D.C. right now? I think they're going to be home for a while, and we'll see what happens next after this becomes law. Jason, I, I think about this, and you talked about these three rapid-fire bills passing, and this one in particular uh, with a with an enormous price tag. Sometimes it is easy to sit back and just wonder. Where does this money come from? Like, if we didn't have it before, how do we suddenly have $2 trillion now? Is this just tacked right on to the debt? That's another question, right? That's another, uh, when, I, when I talked with Senator Ron Johnson last week about the, the cash payments, he, he was, he was um, bringing up the issue that, uh, you know, he'd like to see money invested into research, but not, not necessarily into cash payments. Of course, he did vote for, for the bill, but... Uh, but yeah, this is this is an incredible amount of money, 2.2 trillion, and who's going to pay for? How is that going to be paid when when uh, tax revenues are going to be down as well, right? Because uh, less people are are in work are working, the less people are going to have income coming in, so that that money that the tax base that the, the government will be bringing in will be down as well, right? We had we had in the state of Wisconsin a, a projected budget surplus through through next year through 2021, and now that now that less tax revenue is going to be coming in, that surplus is going to need to be revised majorly, uh, and we'll see where that revision comes. But uh, the, the idea of a budget surplus in Wisconsin, based on the fact that that tax revenue is now going to be going down, 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 means uh, everything has to be looked at and revised and, and uh, studied again. Jason, as a reporter who's covered politics, specifically covered Congress for quite a while, what's going through your mind right now? What are you looking toward and what kinds of questions do you have over these next few weeks as we see potentially the rollout of this third bill and people eyeing potentially a fourth? I think what I'm looking at right now is questions about if this if if these protocols of staying in, in your home, safe at home, as Governor Evers, safer at home, as Governor Evers calls it, if these things really get those numbers back down, we've all now probably known people that have been infected by COVID-19. Uh, for example, one of my old bosses is is now suffering with that. Uh, an old uh, an old priest that that we knew in, in Connecticut, he he contracted it serving uh, cancer patients in cancer patients in New York, you're seeing people that you know now impacted it. It really touches you. And then you see those unemployment numbers, uh, which just continue to go up every single day in the state of Wisconsin and across the country. And you just, your heart just, it, it's just, it's, it breaks to see these stories of people you know impacted, people out of work. I think that's what I'm watching is how is the economy going to get back on track? And I think it really does come down to what 
what I've heard from various people is they need a cure. They need people to feel comfortable going out in public. They need to get rid of the fear and they need to get rid of the coronavirus pandemic. And that's that's an interesting point because, you know, with a a, a stimulus package or relief package this big, certainly the stock market felt that this was a good thing. It rallied yesterday once again, even as coronavirus uh, COVID-19 cases and death numbers went up considerably. So the stock market sees this as a good thing. But a lot of that depends, and the success of this relief package would seem to depend on us hitting a peak, getting back down on the backside of that slope, and being able to get people back to work and back out to socially interacting and spending money. So getting, whether it's a cure or at least getting numbers under control, seems to be the key to making a relief package like this work. You know, people can't get back to work because everything's shut down. The the bars are closed. The coffee shops are closed. The libraries are closed. The schools are closed. Everything's closed. So, you know, how are people going to get back to work? How are they going to start making money again when they can't go out in public? That's 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 the, the dilemma here. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. We appreciate you walking us through that. And I am sure we will be calling you several times over the next few weeks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That was Jason Calvi, Fox 6 political reporter. And Brian, every day is a reminder that it seems like we have more questions than answers. But certainly we're going to be doing our best to take everyone through the answers we have as soon as we get them. And that's the point of releasing podcast episodes every day. Well, I think we could talk about this, the the, the relief bill here and, and for hours just because there are so many questions and we didn't even really address them today. Things that we'll be answering as time goes on. I know I have a number of friends who've asked, well, what if, for instance, you uh, are, uh, you know, you're, you're a divorced parent with children and, you know, does it is it the person who claimed them this particular year that gets the, the child credit? There are a lot of questions. You know, there are income cap questions. There are all sorts of questions that come into play. And a lot of that's going to be determined in the coming weeks. But the bottom line is uh, what people really want to know is how much money am I getting and when's it getting here? And we're going to learn that, uh, obviously, here in the coming weeks. Absolutely. And as we learn that, we're going to keep bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record, of course, as we cover this COVID-19 pandemic. So if there's a topic you want us to discuss, a question you want us to answer, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email. Our email address is the investigators at fox6now.com the investigators at fox6now.com want to thank the people who made this podcast possible producer pete dave machuda suzanne barthel and sarah smith of course jason calvey joining us please subscribe to open record if you have not already you can find it wherever you get your podcasts thanks for listening once again today i'm brian polson for amanda st hilaire we'll be back on monday 